everyone, welcome to episode 10 of Candor Candor. Uh, as I am by the minute, day, hour, week, month, and any other time frame, your friendly neighborhood community manager, here with Kyle uh, Candor, our creative director for EverQuest 2, and we're going to answer some questions this week. I know uh, last week was kind of, or the last episode I guess you listened to, was kind of a different sort of episode where we had one of our other developers on, um, Ninja, and he kind of went through some raid philosophies and things like that and design and kind of answered some general questions, and hopefully we'll have him on again um, in, you know, the next few weeks or months or, you know, the next few episodes. But for now, we're going to get back to our regular type of podcast where uh, Candor takes a look and answers some of your questions. Uh I know we did have sort of a break. There's lots of other world stuff going on, but uh, that's why we say weekly-ish for this podcast, or as I've learned working on EverQuest 2, soon, trademarked, soon TM. Soon TM. Soon TM. Uh, so we're going to tackle the first question here right away. It's a question from... Akuba on the forums and uh, they say we don't really like to admit it but as everyone gets better tech we're all getting older with each higher resolution the text is getting smaller and harder on our sadly aging eyes so I was wondering if there were any plans to look at updating the scaling of the UI for higher res monitors or at least a way to resize more of the windows and text much the same way as bags hotbars tooltips and chat bubbles do now yeah, that's a good question. Um, we definitely agree with the UI thing, um, but we have a super customizable, uh, well, not customizable. Our, our engine is highly custom. <laughs> so um, updating it is really out of the scope of anything we can do fast or have a ton of resources to do. Um, we could definitely, like, we're willing to take suggestions for the most important, you know, window, and we could work on making, you know, one more window scalable before the end of the 2020 year. Um, that's about how, how, how fast we could do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been, um, I know that Jen's been investigating replacement for the UI with a stock UI engine, um, but we have a lot of other stuff going on. So um, the, the short answer is not really, but um, the long answer is we could possibly, you know, if everybody like says there's one really important window, um, we could work on making that window scalable before the end of the end of the year and then try on something next year maybe. That's my answer. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's one of those. It's one of those answers. I think that we're like, oh no, that's not the greatest answer in the world. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure everyone would love to hear. Yeah, we sure can, and woohoo, it's easy, but not not this one. Yeah. Unfortunately, there wasn't a lot of future thought. Um, in developing EQ2, there's a lot of things like that that are just, you know, it wasn't, 
EQ2 is in this unique position where we, we thought we were going one way and we went another. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> you know, after saying that, other people are going to ask what you're talking about. We may have to answer that eventually. <laughs> I just want to say, you, you're being vague, and you don't have to answer it now, but you're going to spawn a bunch of questions from that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Blood asks... Uh, were the translated voices for the Akeva recorded uh, for Blood of Luckland since this was the expat where we learned their fleshless tongue? Or was it recorded previously and just not used? That's a weird question because I believe we recorded the VO for Akevans um, during Altar of Malice because that was their first appearance um, when we first heard about, you know, the Shisar and Luckland and stuff like that. Um, so back then, I don't believe we were even recording, um, the translated stuff. Like, is he talking, I'm kind of confused on what he's talking about, but we used to do, so everything used to have like VO and then stuff would have like the jarbled VO, which was kind of them talking in their own language and you didn't understand it. And then when you learn the language, you could understand it and then you would hear, you know, the regular things they say um, but we haven't done that in quite a while so um we we try to spend the vo is very expensive and we try to we try to spend that money on other stuff that we feel is kind of a bigger bang for the buck we have tried to do vo for like certain important npcs every expansion and like bosses every expansion and like you know like if the the focus of the expansion is may on this more than we would try to get like you know <clears throat> vo for him for like when he's giving a speech or when he's talking to everybody or um but we don't we don't record in mass like we used to in fact we haven't done that i think since i want to say the expansion six um i remember because i remember writing all the, <laughs> all the vo lines and scripts into a giant massive excel sheet and then sending them off to be recorded and stuff so i did i did a bunch of that um but yeah so the question the answer is i'm not really sure what he means but i'm pretty sure that you know when we recorded uh vo for those mobs the akeva um we only recorded regular speak but i could be wrong I mean, I'm I'm certain they'll qualify and we'll revisit. Um, but I did give you a whole bunch of really interesting yeah. information about about VO. Even if the specific question wasn't answered, there's now a bunch of additional information, which we really have to work on that because I, I I feel like just with the previous question, now they're going to ask a bunch of follow up questions. Well, like well, like back in the day, we wrote vo for everything like every quest npc was supposed to have vo and all this stuff and when we launched the game we didn't even have it all done so they were still recording vo and having vo sessions and hooking it up because i remember like one npc um that i had like got vo like all of a sudden like six months later so <laughs> <laughs> you were like oh guys hey look it's got vo now yeah, so it's like um yeah it's been one of those things where i wish we could you know be like fallout 4 and everything has vo and everyone has vo and and record sixty thousand lines of vo but yeah we try to spend we try to spend the money on places where it's you know bigger bang for the buck i mean we spend we try to spend money on music which 
you know, stuff like that. I mean, try to, you know, because, but I know a lot of people are going to say they play with their sound off anyway. So then you don't need music or VO, do you? So. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Any Anyone who does that, I. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Let's see. The next question is going to be from Brianna. Uh, will the in-game browser ever get fixed? Yeah, so there's no current plans to upgrade upgrade the in-game browser. Um, I was told it's extremely high corporate licensing costs, and we also have a severe lack of engineering time to port things. So okay. the answer is no, probably not. I'm, and this is more. Uh, just maybe not really a question that you can answer, but one I'm going to ask the players because I am curious and I'd I'd like to hear why. But why do you think they liked the in-game browser? Um, well, I mean, I could speculate all kinds of different ways. I know that when we first put the in-game browser in, uh, you could file tickets from it. So, like, you could contact CS and stuff like that, but I don't believe you can do that anymore. Um, so that would be, you know one okay. reason hypothetically but like um and i don't know maybe they like watching youtube while they're farming i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> i mean we're all just speculating i i just like i'm curious like it's not something i ever really got any use out of and i'm trying to think of like the one or two other games that have in-game browsers, I don't think I ever utilized them, and I'm just, I'm just yeah. interested in what people like them for. It probably should be on the list as one of the things we should just pull out, because we, we pull out things that, like, we've done in the past, like, <laughs> like um, for instance, Emote, <laughs> which everyone thought was really cool and we spent a whole lot of time on it and then everybody used it for a week and then no one ever used it again and then eventually everybody stopped using it so we pulled it out so <laughs> i mean i'm sure pulling stuff like that would help something a little bit just i honestly believe that like it's like you know when you're you're flying an airplane you know and you're trying to save fuel you just start throwing heavy stuff out the door <laughs> You know, because it, it saves on fuel, so it's like, oh, there goes the luggage. But yeah. Um, I mean, uh, I, the only issue I have with that metaphor is I don't think we're a plane that needs to save on fuel. But besides that, I know what you're saying. <laughs> well, um, maybe you're right. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Who's the next question? Uh, this question is from uh, Vibrid33. Uh, new question. Is there any chance that we'd be seeing another server merge in the future? I just feel like it would be better for everyone to have less but more populated servers so groups would be easier to find and there would be less for DarkPod to maintain. Um, so we don't have any plans to merge any servers right now. Um, in fact, a lot of the servers are very high population. Um, I would say the lowest population regular server is Antonia Bale, which is kind of ironic because that was the highest population server for years and years and years. Um, besides actually Nagafin, the original Nagafin was probably one of the highest population servers for years and years. Um, the only thing that I could see us doing is maybe merging um, Isle Refuge into Rivervale or vice versa. 
but that would be a ways away. Um, I know that there's some people on Riverfail that like the state of their server, so we don't really have a plan to do that, but that's the only thing I could see us urging in the future or anytime soon. Okay. All right. What's and... crazy about what's crazy about like Antonia Bale is Antonia Bale has a lot of um, European population and players from other places. Like there's Japanese players and like so even though Antonia Bale has a pretty high population, it's you. There's people on it all the time. So if you logged in at 3 a.m. Pacific time, you'd be like, holy crap, there's, you know, a whole bunch of people playing. So it kind of feels like there's not as many people as Madge Duel or or Halls of Fate, you know, but um, it actually has quite a few people. Okay, that's interesting. It's just, it's more, it's pop isn't as uh, focused prime, on prime, prime, prime time America. Right? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, these have been a lot of uh, a lot of really quick answers. This one might be a little bit longer because it's a two-parter. Finally, last question for this episode uh, is a question from Anku, uh, and it starts with candor. This is a two-part question and a request for some quality of life improvements on two different issues that could help raiders going forward. First, flawless buffs. Can we please make this a buff in the knowledge book so it may be recast without going back to the guild hall? And then we'll go to the... Oh, no, wait. Here's the example. Example. Person A has to swap mid specs, has to swap specs for mid-raid for reason X, but now must go back to the guild hall, potentially wasting everyone else's time in order for them to retrieve the buffs so they can re perform to their max potential. Uh. And is it possible for this to please be a count-wide flag once it is achieved on one character? Going back through tons of previous tier content isn't fun to do on multiple characters, and it's getting increasingly difficult to get these buffs on any character that doesn't already have them. That's the first question. Yeah, yeah, so that whole thing I'm going to I'm going to agree with something that my my lead mechanics designer always says is a very slippery slope. And also there's there's probably a, several reasons why we wouldn't put it in your knowledge book. Um, one of the reasons is that we throw that in your knowledge book and then next year it's old and it's still in your knowledge book um, and not quite useful. Um, we would have to put in something to remove those. Um, and then, you know, I mean, that's like having, now I have four flawless buffs in my book and I have a pre-order house clicky and I have a sig line reward and I have all this other stuff, um, which is also not not cool. Adding spells to the spell books is more additional load time um, also sending people back to do old content to get old buffs is really not cool and lame. Um, there's, there's, there's a whole lot about the flawless system that I'm not happy with and I would love to change. Um, we've had discussions about ripping it all out and putting in something that would be much easier to use, much easier to move around and much easier to get for your alts, like maybe a flawless, uh, adornment. Like we make a, you know, a rainbow, um, slot on your breastplate 
and the flawless adornment, you get that, and then you can put it on that and just move it around, and then you can buy extras for your alts and stuff like that. And um, I chose rainbow because we have so many colors, and also I like rainbows. So, but um, so something like that where it's easier, um, and then like having it so that it's on a merchant and you can buy it for your alts, um, and then the next year we could put in an upgrade, right? And you could keep buying the one that you already have until the upgrade's available. And then when the upgrade's available, you can use that on your rainbow slot and you can buy those for your alts, um, something like that. And also um, <clears throat> adornments and stuff like that don't put in the massive like server load, right? Like they don't, they're not constantly adding to the footprint of your character. Adornments are very light, they're very easy to, you know, and then plus you can take it off, you can put it somewhere else. I mean, there's all, there, it's one of those things where um, we were, we've been talking about like doing like, like weapons like that too, where weapons only have base stats, potency and something else on them. And then you could buy a set um, of stat, like, so you could buy a caster set or you could buy a tank set or you could buy a, you could buy a melee, uh, you know, a DPS set that goes on your weapons and then adds those extra stats to it so that it's, so that you can customize your own stuff. So there's like lots of different stuff we, <clears throat> stuff we've been talking about, but we definitely want to do something different, um, for this year. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like putting flags on stuff for, for alts and flags on your character and flags all over flags, flags, flags. It's, it's bloating the heck out of our UDS server and exceeding any theoretical limit that we thought would cause a problem by many, many factors. And so that's, that's my answer. Okay. <laughs> so we want to do it differently and we hope to do something differently with the expansion this year, expansion 17. We have a lot of stuff that we're trying to fix, make better, make more efficient, um, for rating in particular and lots of other things this year with expansion 17 it's kind of a expansion 17 is kind of a soul search for us and we're hopefully working on a very large aa reboot i'm not going to say hopefully we're working on a very large aa reboot and uh, doing aas differently and hopefully some real um decent class um balance with that also because you know there's a lot of things we can do with an aa reboot so Phew. <laughs> well there there's there's sort of the answer it may not be the answer that uh enku was hoping for but i mean it's it's definitely a lot more information once again about where we hope to move things and where we're hoping to shift things overall yeah um, simpler so, simpler yeah. is better simpler with more customization for players which exactly. i think is pretty cool I think giving those options, personally, I, I it's kind of the sort of thing that I prefer. I know a lot of people feel differently, but it's definitely something that I kind of like, where like the initial thing is simple, and then the the breadth of the thing or the depth of it is much later, and you can do a lot of different things with that, and I think it's pretty cool. Yes. Um, and let's get to the second part of their question. And I think it's something related to food. There it is. <laughs> Second is, please make it so snacks auto-consume. Yeah, so 
You Snap. say you say yeah, and it's almost like it's gonna be the answer, and then you go into the answer. <laughs> it's gonna say it's gotta stress some people out. <laughs> You're how like, about, yeah. <laughs> how about I'll just answer. I'll just answer it directly. Snap <laughs> snacks or potions. Potions cannot be auto consumed. Well, there you so, go. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's they have a predicate on them. Uh, so that they actually cannot be auto-consumed. So the answer is that it's unfortunately nope. Need so to click them to cast them. Is there a reason <laughs> that snacks are potions? Like, was it just like ease of use or the way we codified things back then? Like, is it there... was most likely a way to do something that's kind of like food, but also stacks. And I know that you know that we've had a lot of problems <laughs> with food and drink as of late, um, the way that food and drink works, and the fact that it is auto-consume, and there's also some weird things you can do to consume it, um, which has caused us all kinds of problems. So, um, yeah, it was done differently to not be that. Okay. And so, yeah... Um, they're going to remain that you need to click them to cast them. That is the right. answer. Well, that makes sense. All right. Well, I think that's all the questions we picked for this week. Um, please continue submitting questions to that giant question thread. Um, I go through it on a regular basis, and I, I try and pick out ones that haven't been answered before. I know that we can answer, so there's not a lot of me or Kyle just going, uh on the podcast yeah <laughs> which sometimes that's unavoidable uh but as always guys thank you so much for submitting questions on all the ways you guys submit questions uh it's it's truly it's super encouraging to see how passionate everyone is about this game on a regular basis and i just wanted to say that um i don't think i have anything else this week i would do it i do know that kyle you promised hints for <laughs> the upcoming expansion pack that you would be dropping. Do you have a hint this week? Because last week, I really feel like we just toyed with their emotions. I, I feel like the the hints that I'm trying to come up with are on the dark side of things and that it's kind of left an echo in the caverns and I'm not really sure what to say. <laughs> well... You know what? I think that's a good place to end it, guys. So uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to episode 10 of Candor's Candor. As always, I'm here with Kyle Candor, our creative director, and I'm Dreamweaver, and we'll see you in game.